From the crime-burdened planet of Narshada to the dusty streets of Mos Eisley, broadcasting you from somewhere deep in an underground bunker on Nalhutta, this is Table Flip. Table Flip is hosted by Patrick. <laughs> Nick. And Matt. The Techno Union Army. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, and a good evening. Welcome to Table Flip, Table Flip episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 22. <laughs> I was like, what episode are we on? We haven't done one in a month. I don't know which one we're on. Episode 22. How's it going, everybody? Uh, we do have Matt and Nick here. Uh, we don't have. We couldn't get our webcams working this week just due to technical difficulties, so you're just going to have to stare at my face the whole show. Sorry about that. But, oh, uh, let's call it a spade. I forgot to plug my webcam in. Was <laughs> I was trying to go find it. I was trying to be nice, all right? <laughs> Gosh. But, uh, Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Good to be back on the air and... Talking about cards, we have lots of new cards to talk about. So, so many new cards. So this many is what cards. happens when life happens at the same time yeah. the new cards happen. Yeah, it sucks. So, yeah. New stuff. New yeah. stuff. Yeah. Nick, how are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, I also did not hook up a webcam, but we should rectify that for the future since I am the most handsome of the three hosts. Uh, I think I think I think I'm the most handsome, but you know, let's let's not let's not dwell too far deep into that one. Yeah. What? I'm, well, okay. aren't you the most married, Matt? Are you married? I, I can't remember. I am. Yeah. Hmm. Well, all right then. I'll be the <laughs> minority there. And there you go. The unmarried one. Yeah. Well, soon to be, right? Um. Well, not officially. Soon to be, but <laughs> no pressure. Like, if I mean, yeah. I mean, I've only you know lived with the girl for a long time, and jeez, we're 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 very committed. Way to drop the ball on that one. Wow, way to, <laughs> way to really stick it to me today. <laughs> Oy vey. So regionals have been happening all over the world, quite literally. We got Paris, we got um, Hutsville, Australia, I think? Or Hertzville? I believe so. Hertzville or Bikatini? Whatever the heck that's called. I don't know. People in Australia are weird. But um, we got West Virginia, Minnesota, California, and I th- are those the only ones that we – have have been uh, actually officially announced. I think, I think those are the ones from um, two weeks ago. I don't know that there were any last weekend. And then this weekend, there's one in the Chicago area, one in Texas, and I think one in Massachusetts. Yeah, that yeah, the the Texas yeah. and Massachusetts sound right. I'm not sure about the uh, Chicago yeah. one. I think it's Plainfield technically, but okay. Chicago land. Um, so. All going on later today. Um, I I doubt any of them have quite started yet. It's only ten o'clock in Texas and Chicago. Yet we're we're live and doing a show at eleven o'clock in the morning. Uh, we're just crazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is very true. That's that's extremely true. But uh, welcome, chat. How are you guys doing? Um, uh, I can't actually see anyone in the uh, the viewer list there because Twitch is just awesome and never loads anything. But that's okay. 
Well, I just want to say welcome to Chunky Gorillas 2. He's yes. in the chat with us. And a uh, big shout-out to the uh, Melbourne group, who is one of our partners on Facebook. Um, they probably had a few members go to the regional mm -hmm. uh, down in Australia, and I think they have one coming up on June 1st right. um, as well. And I know they're big fans of ours and just giving them a big shout-out uh, for their support as, as well. So, you know, that's actually a great segue, Nick. Way to be professional. Excellent job. Let's segue right into the, the regionals and what decks were used because that's going to be pretty much what this show is going to be um, for the next, you know, what, four and a half months since regionals are just going to be like this huge, like, big deal since we actually get a meta that's not boring. And, oh, you're playing Sleuth Scouts? Oh, you're playing Sith Control? That was so two years ago. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like two Force Packs ago. Yeah, like yeah quite literally. Well, now the... Um, has uh, the second force pack in the cycle been released yet? Uh, no, no. The second. The, it's not the third. third. The third, yeah, third one. Yeah, See, yeah, yeah. I've been lost so, count already. Yeah, I've I've lost count already. There's just so many. <laughs> yeah, but um, let's segue into the the Australia one. Uh, and the first place was running a um, mono scum deck and a mono um, smuggler deck, which is really odd because you. Like, last year was, like, there was no mono decks that were doing well at all. It was Sith Control with some, some splash of some neutrals and, you know, Defense Protocol, which is still an excellent objective set. And then on, on the light side side, we had the weird Swarm Rebel speeders that kind of sometimes worked. And then we had Sleuth Scouts, which was just, like, dominating everywhere. Uh, because... But Sleuth Scouts weren't until um, after the regional season. Right. But Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the... <laughs> Well, People forget regionals last year. It was Jedi who. That's right. Yeah, it Jedi was uh, the freaking the the caverns deck thingy. Whatever. Yeah. I see. I, I don't remember those decks because they were just so boring to play. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so grateful for for newer stuff because it's like oh I'm gonna play this deck and that's all that's really relevant, which was really unfortunate. But well, I think that's the best part about it is you know with the the living card game scenario, it's not where you you're constantly forced to hunt down cards to build these decks and you may never like, get oh, that I'm gonna card play you have deck. to go pay you know 50 mm -hmm. bucks on ebay for it you know everybody has the same ability well, to build those decks part it. and it's really about how creative you are and what fits your play style which is something we've talked about a number of times but right. you know i think it's interesting now that the the synergy of the objective sets in each of the uh, affiliations within themselves so you know like we're seeing here mono scum and mono uh, smuggler you know that's starting to really build up and be an effective tool for players who may like the way those decks play. Mm -hmm. And that's something we really haven't seen before since, you know, last year regional seasons, like Matt said, you know, it was a, a very different game yeah. um, and, and a very different Sith control with a little bit of neutral and, and Navy splashed in there and Jedi, which I still think Jedi is going to be great and will always probably win out in the end because, come on, we just want the Jedi to win. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, my predictions have yet to come true. Every time I say that, they come out with, like, the Freeholders or <laughs> the Millennium Falcon or they put yeah. in, you know, uh, the Trandoshans and everyone's like, oh, they have Bosk. Like, your Jedi will never win. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's – you know, speaking of uh, different things that come out, um, I want to touch really, really quick on the rule set changes that uh, affected um, Trust Me, the objective set Trust Me. And the Falcon. So the yeah, it actually didn't change how Trust Me worked. I um, thought it did. No, you could always try to use Trust Me when it had four damage, and it would right. die and not do anything. But now it um, does something. 
No, it still dies and doesn't do anything. The problem is that it seems like it shouldn't be allowed with the new rule. Well, so, 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 so let's that jump whole... to that new rule. So the new rule what? is that you can't, um, you can't start using an effect if at, or start using an ability if at least some of its effect is not possible, which is a really complicated thing to determine. But part of the effect has to be possible. For trust me, the effect is cancel the effects of the event. So as long as that is possible, you can trigger trust me. Okay, so so the whole debate of, wow, I can't believe that you can actually use it if it has four damage on it now is completely invalid then? Yeah, that's you could already do that. It it just seems like you shouldn't be able to. So, because... so the effect still doesn't take place then? Right, the effect still doesn't happen. Okay, so that completely, like, <laughs> makes me non-angry anymore because I was like, that's the stupidest – why? That makes well, no sense. I, well, I think it's balanced out because if you're able to do that, you're you're losing that objective. So you're – I mean you're forfeiting you know, points on the dial simply for the, the ability to cancel that effect. So I mean yeah. I think the, the balance is that a so, player won't choose that option unless it's like if I don't do this right now, they're going to win the game. Right. Yeah. So the change was, of course, the release of um, the freeholders and their objective false report, mm -hmm. which, um, when it comes into play, returns all units to the owner's hands. So that was really what changed with Trust Me. No one really cared that it could suicide itself for no effect before. Oh, um, and I see therefore, what you're no saying. one. So even though it was allowed before, no one would ever really think about it. Mm -hmm. um, other than they wanted to flip a new objective just to get something right, that okay. wasn't effectively blank. Um, but now you can flip false report, and the fact that it can suicide itself for no effect becomes relevant. So and then you have 3.6, which seems to be trying to crack down on the pay a cost mm -hmm. for no effect, but fails to change how Trust Me works. So it feels like... That's the kind of thing that the change in the FAQ was trying to stop, but it doesn't stop this one. Okay. It does stop the Falcon, though. Yes. So if you don't have um, a, a character or droid in hand that could be put into play by the Falcon, mm -hmm. you can now no longer return the Falcon to your hand because the effect is to put that character or droid into play, and if none of that effect is possible... You can't pay the cost, even. So, so they they basically made made it so trust me is better than what it should be. They they didn't really change trust me. Um, I'm actually I actually think that the ruling that the effect doesn't happen is wrong because that ruling is based on um, you know the game ignores damage over right um, the capacity. But the cost isn't that two damage was dealt. The cost is to deal two damage. And per the FAQ, that has to do with the assignment step, not how much was actually placed. And it's all confusing. See, yeah, th that, doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me because sh shouldn't you um, sh so, shouldn't you be able to, yeah. like, okay, so the, the the way it should work, in my opinion, is you have to complete the entire effect for everything to actually work. So you, you you deal two damage, and then you go and move on to the next trigger, and you cancel event. 
But uh, but according to the FAQ, all you have to do is just make sure the initial trigger is there, and then it can happen. So. Um, if there wasn't an event to cancel, or if, say, the event says it could not be canceled, um, you know, if you had an event that said its effects couldn't be canceled, mm -hmm. or you had a card on table that prevented your events from being canceled, then you couldn't try to cancel it knowing that it would fail because the effect couldn't happen. Um, so it has to do with the distinction between cost and effect. You, If you can try to pay the cost unsuccessfully um, in this case, where you th you can try to deal two damage, but only one ends up being dealt. So it fails because you didn't pay the cost, as opposed to the effect was never possible in the first place. All right. Well, thanks, FFG, for making me completely confused. <laughs> that, that's awesome. All right. So let yeah, I created a funny corner case. Um, I'll <laughs> give it to that. All right. So <laughs> let's go over over the the the, uh, the first place decks here, and I'm I'm more interested in the the scum and villainy deck because we haven't seen these win in pretty much anything, and since they've been you know given birth into this card game, and um, the the pick of Having an all scum deck, being able to actually go toe to toe with this like ridiculous first turn or second turn win uh, all sm uh, smuggler deck is really interesting. Um, like I was, uh, I've been talking with Nate a little bit just to kind of keep up on things because I haven't had the time to really do anything with the the cards at all. And uh, he told me that the uh, Sith control really can't keep up with the amount of pressure that the smugglers are are able to. To dish out right now, and then it and scum and villain just are able to really kind of do that because they have the tactics, they have the uh, corrupted official and and whatnot, which <coughs> obviously gives them a a, a big deal. Um, so the scum and villainy deck that the first place winner was is two job is reached, two lucrative contracts, two uh, finders men intuition, two bestman ex yeah. uh, two bestman exchange, which is interesting. One hive of scum and villainy and one Trandoshan terror. Now there has been a lot of um, kind of debate uh, whether or not the uh, the Bestman Exchange, which is Bubble Fat's pod, uh, is any good or is just still kind of subpar. Like a lot of people are saying, well, Boba Fett has is good, but there's just a lot more better options to to put him in, like the the Weak Way Elite or some other um, objective set. So um, let's actually start off with, with talking about Boba Fett and how he kind of plays into the, the current meta, if you will. Um, Nick, I'm going to start with you, unless you really haven't been able to to really kind of uh, catch up on everything since we've all been really busy. Well, all right. So Boba Fett, in terms of how he's going to work now, I think as you get uh, higher uh, vitality level cards for the light side, mm -hmm. so for, like, uh, smugglers, I think, you know, the Falcon is over a certain number of points, and... Um, Matt, you would probably know this answer. Uh, how much health do the freeholders have? Four. Um, four. Yeah, so I don't think Boba Fett, unless he has um, a weapon uh, enhancement, actually does that much damage. Um, I think he's able to complete his capture ability without killing them. So I think he's pretty effective because it, it reinforces another facet of the game and the, the scum sort of... Uh, 
strategy in that he needs to capture cards and the only way to do that is to take down those big targets so right. i think he's seen a little bit more of a resurgence now because the light side is getting cards similar to that that the sith and the navy do that have a lot of health and he's there to now capture those cards which reinforces the capturing abilities which enables the the abilities on the objective cards and all the other things that the scum need to really succeed so i think um you know his his pod in and of itself really enhances only boba fett and i really wish they would remake it to give him a little bit more flavor in that respect um but i think in terms of what it's doing in the current meta or in the future meta as with all of these cards being included, is he's making a, a little bit of a comeback, and I think it's not as terrible uh, to put him in a rotation, whereas beforehand it really took away and there were much better replacements. That's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good kind of overview of, of what Boba Fett is. I don't think there's really anything else to add to that, unless, Matt, you have something you want to add. Yeah, I mean, he's better in the current meta than he was before. He, yeah. Um, but he still costs four and has two health, and um, his combat icons aren't the best. You know, he has only one normal unit damage, and then the edge-dependent unit damage, the edge-dependent tactics. Well, he's meant for capturing. He's not yeah. meant for damage. I mean, even, right, even with his blaster, he only does two damage, so it's not like it's a it's a big deal. Right, but you know, if maybe that tactics was not edge-dependent then I'd start thinking about him being fair for the cost. Yeah. Um, but he is elite. We don't have very many scum cards that are elite. That's nice. Um, but And Rebel Assault isn't currently very popular in the meta, um, as people are running lots and lots of pure smugglers, so right. that makes that less useful. What I'd love to see, and I haven't yet, and I haven't tried to work it out myself yet, is something that could allow us to shield him more, um, because he goes if he goes toe to toe with a couple of freeholders and loses the edge battle, he's dead. They're just going to put a tactics on him. Whereas if he has a shield and can stop that tactics, then he can strike back and take out the second freeholder before it can kill him. Um, so that's nice. The but the rest of his set is just meh. I mean, yeah, the outer rim, yeah, I agree. Outer Rim Hunters are still too expensive for their health. Mm -hmm. um, if they had two health, I'd think about it. The Mandalorian Armor is nice, but um, you know, I'd rather pay one for it, I think. The Blaster Pistol's a great card. I think mm -hmm. it's probably the best card in the set, honestly. Yeah. Um, and well, the Bounty Hunter collection is really good if you can get that combo off, but doing it is so difficult. Bounty collection combos well with Captured, mm -hmm. uh, or Bosk, or Boba Fett himself. Right, right, right. Um, or the card Bounty. There, there's a handful of ways that can capture cards from play, Right. but the, most, the more reliable capture from play, um, or the, the more reliable capture mechanics... Um, like Zuckus or um, the Tatooine Crash, mm -hmm. keep grabbing cards from out-of-play locations. Right. And, um, you know, Utini captures a 
um, objectives and everything. Yeah, but kind of, but, but I mean, it's, it's, Bonnie Collection only works with units that are in play. Right. So so that, that does well, limit it a little bit. Yeah. But and it effectively makes it a two card combo because captured's going to be your most reliable way to trigger it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you need them both at the same time. Yeah. And when you do, it's awesome. Um, it, it effectively turns captured into being free. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, um, one uh, one thing I want to actually kind of touch on real quick, um, is the all of the regionals reports so far have been scum and villainy, except for the California one, which uh, had a uh, oh, uh, it looks like a mono no a uh, kind of like a interesting kind of variation of uh, Sith control deck, but they added Devastator and Endless Reserves in there, which is an interesting kind of play uh, because they are like uh, I'm like I'm curious to to know how this actually did against um, the the other uh, players that were at that regional because. Just from reading all the reports, Sith Control can't really stand up to what the um, the Freeholders and, and the Solo Smuggler deck are able to actually do. So I'm curious if adding Devastator Endless Reserves allowed them to play cards a little bit faster than they normally would be able to. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts about that? Um, you know, I saw that, and I saw the Endless Reserves, and I kind of, like, didn't know what to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to see how this worked in play, but, I mean, with the Devastator, which, uh, you know, takes six, um, you know, they have a lot of cards out here, Vader, uh, Emperor Palpatine, you know, uh, Mara Jade, who's at four. You know, I think possibly if you had a nice splash of those at the right time, that right. could help you get those cards out. Um you know, I don't know if it was necessarily the best thing. There's a lot of zero-cost cards in here um, with, like, the uh, Force Chokes and the um, – what is it, too? There's uh, – oh, geez. Uh, what do you get? The Dark Precognition. Sorry. Yeah. I couldn't think of the name. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if this necessarily needed extra resources. I think it, it accelerates getting those resources out. Um, in, in a bind, if you don't have those control rooms, uh, mm-hmm. I think it speeds the deck up a little bit more. But um, I don't know. I'd have to play it. Uh, I haven't played this this incarnation of like a Sithy kind of you know Sith hero kind of deck or Sith right, villain right. deck. Um, but I think it I think it could be useful. I mean, I, I like it. I'm kind of looking over some of the side cards. You know, Force Lightning, some Rage, uh, some of the other things. Uh, and the, the smaller units like the Imperial Shadow Guards, you know, having that vast resources, you know, you just like, boom, there you go, one cost for a two-cost unit, you yeah. know. And you keep doing that over and over again to really build it up. And then you drop your Vaders, your Palpatines, you drop, you know, the Devastator. And now what is the, the light side really going to do if they don't have immediate answers for those cards? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've seen in the past where Vader, Palpatine, those kind of cards, once they're on the table, they're very hard to deal with. You know, you need a good Han Solo. You need a good, you know, answer for all those cards. And I don't necessarily know if this, the person they were playing against had that answer. Yeah, um, and- th- th- that's actually a really good point. I mean, Sith, Cont- Sith Control has always been about, you know, do you have the answer for my, my Palpatine that can tactics your board for the next eight years? And, you know, if, if they don't, then it's really hard to kind of come, come back from that. Sith Control have always been about, hey, I'm a, if I get ahead of you, there's no way you're going to be able to cu- come come ahead back. But I think what the 
the objective set um, false not false report excuse me um, against all odds kind of brought to the table was the holding all the cards options which made freeholders just like oh you have 16 cards in your hand that's nice I'm gonna pay up uh, play all these cards for free and then I'm gonna drop some protectors oh here's dash and I'm dealing 16 damage to this objective because that's so many cards you have in your hand I mean so it like I, I think that um, it, it was very much needed and it's it is nice to see Sith control kind of taking a back seat to to the meta because let's be honest here I think we're all pretty sick of playing Sith control it's pretty much auto plays itself and it's, it's not a very difficult deck to play and um, I'm I'm really curious to see how well I'm gonna be at playing a scum and villainy deck because I haven't played them pretty much at all because they were they were downright terrible uh, before these uh, last couple objective sets have uh, have kind of been revealed to us. I mean, it's it's funny that um, uh, how how the meta has changed, uh, just based on the light side being a lot more powerful uh, than it currently was. And um, Scum and Villain was like, hey, you know, we're still here. We we might actually be able to help you. And uh, Matt, what do you think is the backbone of the Scum and Villainy and why are they so good against the the current meta light side deck right now? Uh, um, first, I want to really quick touch on the vast resources play. Um, yeah. Um, because it does a little more than just help accelerate. Um, it takes care of, you know, the biggest knock on it before was you didn't get that much acceleration since you can't chain them. Right. And um, it put you at a card disadvantage. Sometimes. You know, it would take you two cards to play one. Well, yeah. What the yes. concern was with fast resources. For only one, it, it nets you plus one resource and costs you an extra card. Um, mm -hmm. But now, against um, Dash Rendar, card disadvantage no longer looks so bad. Right. And having a free event that you can play anytime um, to help dump cards out of your hand also is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the objective itself is nice when it goes off and you can say, hmm, I have this force choke that's not helpful right now, but now it has two force icons. Okay. Right, right. But that the I think the main reason people are looking at it as a meta set is the ability to dump cards out of their hand easier. Yes. So, okay. uh, as far as the scum goes, it, it it comes down to one card, and that's the corrupt official. Okay. Um, well, okay. Yeah. Now, now, now. Before... <laughs> I mean, there are other there are other good things. Right. I'm not. But the reason that scum is such a good meta call right now is that the corrupt official shuts down dash hard. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean. If you look at a lot of these, a lot of them are only running one of the Corrupt Official Objective set, which is weird because you would think they would run want four in your deck to be like, hey, no, you can't deal 20,000 damage to these objectives and kill it instantly. So, um, so like, I feel that your state, like, I completely agree with your statement, whereas, like, these guys are pretty much the backbone of, of Scum and Villainy just because they're able to stop damage. But in, in playing the Devil's Advocate, we see some people are only running one, so obviously they're doing well with only yeah. two in the deck. Now, the only one I see that ran one was the um, guy from Paris. Yes. And um, Lure of the Dark Side, which means Dash, wasn't allowed in that tournament. 
Oh, okay. So that might have some effect there. But really, um, you know, Scum could already win games. Um, the main knock on Scum is, was that it would win games slowly and um, have issues with the tiebreaker when you yes. split matches. Mm -hmm. um, which I think, as a community, we put a little too much emphasis on that tiebreaker anyways. Well, uh, but yeah, completely That's agree. a different discussion. Yeah. Um, but now, when it also has like the card that shuts down the fast light side wins, mm -hmm. um, it it looks a lot more exciting. And, you know, lucrative contract requires that you be running the scum affiliation. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't make an effective splash because the corrupt officials only protect scum objectives. So... Right. You, you have to run the scum affiliation, and you have to have pr mo mostly scum mm -hmm. objectives to make it work, which basically means you run all scum. Um, now, my question to you is, is um, I'm a huge kind of fan of the vast resource objective just because I, I like being able to just pump out cards really quick and be like, okay, I'm going to play all these guys for one less than they're supposed to. Um, like... Do you think that vast resources could fit into an all scum deck and possibly run an eleven set objective set just for giving yourself that extra boost of um, uh, like the board advantage? Um, it's a little less useful as an eleventh set because you'll see the vast resource card a little less often. Um, it could work splashed into scum. Um, you know, we've already kind of targeted Boba Fett as maybe not pulling his weight. Correct. Um, so, you know, there, there are options there. You could run a scum control with fast resources. Um, it does protect you um, if you don't have a double resource to have a way to get out of Jabba or an Outer Rim Space Pirates. Mm -hmm. um, and both of those are very good cards. Right. Okay, so uh, Nick, in, in your opinion, what is the backbone of Scum and Villainy, um, and what what makes the, uh, the the variation of decks so powerful against the current light side? Uh, first, I just want to point out, I think our vast resources conversation is exactly the same conversation we were having about vast resources when those cards came out. Um, probably, <laughs> probably. No, I, I think it's exactly the same. We were saying, you know, oh, how would this be as an 11th set? And everyone would say, you know what? No, I don't think it would be that great, blah, 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 et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, just as a, as a side note for that, you know, I don't think it's a very good set to put in as an 11th set because you want to you wanna build around it. But right. I don't think it really proves itself because you can't chain them together. So you're not getting a Vader out for free if you draw Vader plus all that turn one mm -hmm. which would actually be a really great hand well i mean to be fair if you could chain these it would be an auto include yeah. in every deck oh yeah um um i will say this though uh as first scum i think the well, my first answer is going to be jawas i build around jawas okay um for some reason i really like them i think they're really effective um i feel like scum at least when i play it oh like i for some reason can always win those edge battles um i think that changes a little bit more in competitive play but i i build really around those low cost units that leverage um 
great board position as well as capture mechanics. Um, I'm a really big fan of Tatooine Crash, mm -hmm. um, and I'm a really big fan of um, using um, Slave One as well, which is, I know, um, for a lot of people, sort of the minority of what uh, the scum has to offer. Um, I know, like, Tiny's a really big fan of the Sarlacc Pit. Um, I know you guys favor uh, Bosk way more than I ever do. Um, but I, I really just build right around the Jawas because okay. I like that zero-cost unit. Now, I, mean, I, I like the ahead, Jawas, but they can be a really big double-edged sword against yeah. Dash. Um, you know, if I, you have a couple of Jawas out and you lose that edge battle, you just gave Dash a couple extra blast damage, mm -hmm. which occasionally matters if you otherwise were able to dump your hand. Um, if you had just gotten hit with a bunch of holding all the cards and already had 10 cards in your hand, it's not a big deal. And yeah, I mean, the question is, how in the world did you lose that edge battle? But... Well, it, it, it's simple. You put all 10 cards down to his one, and he, he flips up a twist of fate, and you're like, ha, I have 27. He's like, I have a twist of fate. Yeah, but then they're not in your hand when Dash strikes. So if he played That's a bunch true. of holding on all the cards, I guess, after the edge battle, yeah, then, then you have that and the Jawas, and mm -hmm. Dash is going to kill something. Um, yeah. And that's where, you know, the Jawas and the corrupt officials can work well together. Um, but I, I think I think that's the thing. Scum right now has the right answers for the popular light side deck. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, uh, okay, so another question is, Matt, since since you're no longer on third shifts and we're all starting to de-bizify with, with life and everything, how, how are we going to start building our, our Scum decks? Because, like... I've I've had a scum deck in the wayside since frickin', you know, Edge of Darkness came out because they're they're awesome. Like I I, I love I love the Kermits, but um, Nick, you you said that you build around Jawas and and that's kind of your your backbone of your deck. Um, Matt, how how would you start building your um, scum and villainy deck? I actually have one I've been trying out that um, splashes an Imperial. And doesn't use lucrative contract okay. because I don't know I'm crazy. Well, um, that's true. I, but I just I call it my um, Java's minions deck. Okay. Um, and it runs all of the cheap units I could find. <laughs> so it has Mahdi's pod. It has um, the Dark Troopers. I love the Dark Troopers. As as its Imperial, and then it has. Um, the Jawas and Bosk with his nice two cost, two mm -hmm. unit damage transitions, and Jabba to round it out, who can flash in all sorts of um, the units in that deck with his ability. And and he can't be targeted by events, which is great. And he can't be targeted by events. And um, you pretty much want to keep a copy of um, the Dark Trooper mm -hmm. project, so. Um, with any luck, Jabba will also be elite. able to be committed yeah. and be elite. Yeah, the, and Mahdi, uh, an elite Mahdi is just sick. And it's like, not fair. The the, and it actually has played pretty well for me. Um, you know, it it's I'm probably not the best deck, but it's fun if you like playing swarm style decks. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little dependent on um, finding either Orbital Bombardment or um, General Moak as a end-game win condition. Okay. Um, otherwise, it can just kind of ping through damage here and there, but mostly is 
I have a wall of awesome blockers and a deck with two twists and four heat of battles. That's a... Uh... Come at me, bro. Yeah, th that's mean. <laughs> okay, so uh, speaking of, like, win conditions and, and, and tournament points and stuff, how can a scum deck break tiebreakers in the new meta? Because they're so... Like, like looking at all these lists, there's not a lot of blast damage. Like, there just isn't. I mean, we have the... We have, um... Like, Boba Fett doesn't even have any blast damage if you use him. Zuckus has an edge dependent. Uh, Forlom has has one. Corrupt Official doesn't do anything. And we have Java's Barge, which does a decent amount. Um, and, th like... I don't see how that it's it's going to be viable in the future at least um once more i guess cards come out that a scum deck is going to remain the uh the current good dark side deck uh of choice just because they don't have a lot of blast damage and unfortunately the way that FFG is put on their tournaments is it's all about objective kills, which I think is foolish, but that's just my opinion. Like, 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 is is there any way to either make the scum decks a little bit more punchy, or do you think that the rules would just really have to kind of be completely changed for allow um, a little bit more deck diversity in tournaments? Uh, Nick, we're going to start with you. Um, you know, like I said before, I really like Slave One, and you can give him a ton of blast damage. Mm -hmm. And I think if you if you leverage the right capture mechanics with the right number of low level uh, or low cost units, you can put out a ton of blast damage and really win those things. Um, I'll point out, I don't play competitively, at least in tournaments, because there's just not enough of a community around here. Right. But um, you know, from what I can tell, I think that would be an effective strategy. The only problem is, like Matt said, Dash Rendar really changes the game for Scum because you don't have the time nor the hand capacity you used to to build up those, right. you know, those tactical strikes where you're now up. Oh, well, I'm going to capture X, Y, Z, and then put mm -hmm. out the Jawas to defend and and you know tactics down things. Then Slave One comes out you know, et cetera, like you've got to be able to get to the punch really quickly. And I think that's one of the things that scum really deals with is because you want like the Bib Fortunas of the world to come out to leverage bigger hands. Right. And, you know, you may be holding on the cards for two, three turns, which you can't do anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. Th that's actually a very, very good point. Uh, Matt, uh, what would you like to add on those points? Well, um, I think scum has a couple of things going for it now. And one of those is, at this time last year, Darkseid had a little bit of an edge, so everyone was concerned about, okay, I'm most of the time my Sith control deck's going to win, I have to make sure my Sith control deck wins better than the other person's. Mm -hmm. um, now people seem to be feeling that the light side has more of an edge, and so the question is, I have to make sure my light side deck wins better, and how do you do that by delaying the game? Um, and Scum particularly between the corrupt officials and their tactics can do a very good job of losing better. Mm -hmm. um, and also, when you're going to it not expecting your dark side to win every game, then you are less worried about what its tiebreaker is and more, okay, so I want a deck that gives me the best chance to win some games and when it loses, takes the dial as high as possible. 
which makes it much less important to destroy objectives. Um, though destroying objectives is a good way to push the dial as well. Um, a deck that can delay to push the dial without destroying the objectives becomes um, becomes a better play okay. than it used to be. Um, the other thing is, remember the Jedi decks from last year's regionals? They often didn't have many big hitters. Right. They had Luke. Um, Yoda could not be a consistent big hitter because no. of how easily he could die. Um, Obi-Wan doesn't have that much in the way of blast damage. You know, they're mm -hmm. just... Like, Luke was your one big blast damage unit. Obi-Wan right, right. has one, Han has one, um, and that's if they win the edge. Mm -hmm. So those decks relied on pinging through damage here and there and slowing down the dial. Well, Scum can do the same thing. They don't have a big single attacker outside of um, the Crate Dragons or right. um, Slave One when properly backed up by lots of capture. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can you can ping through a paid informant here or Zuckus there. Um, and, I mean, arguably you want Zuckus to be striking in engagements. So you might be attacking with him. You can... Right, right. You know, you can... You can ping through the um, pleasure barge when you have the chance and aren't using its ability to... Um, let Jabba flash someone into play and then unfocus him, right. which is a favorite play of mine. Um, <laughs> you know, you you can just you have a lot of little things that can ping through damage, and you can over the course of the game take out probably two objectives still if you are able to lock down the board. If you aren't able to lock down the board, um, you should be focused on delaying as long as you can, get the right. dial up. Maybe still winning. Remember, winning is winning is worth four points. The tiebreaker is worth one point. Yeah, so, that's true. And, until you're in the elimination rounds, um, taking a risk to win the tiebreaker that might cost you the game is usually not going to be worth it. In the elimination rounds, um, you it's still probably not worth it unless you know that you need to win the tiebreaker. If you've already... Um, if you know what the, if you're in the second game of the match and you, you know that, okay, if I lose this game, I need to win the tiebreaker. Okay. But if, yeah, then you can say, well, this wins me the tiebreaker, but might lose me the game that still wins the elimination match. So I don't know. There's, that's kind of why scum is good now. Will scum remain good if the meta swings back to the dark side having an edge? Maybe not, because then the meta starts pushing towards blowing up objectives again. Right, right, right. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it, it's it's this whole, like, back-and-forth, push-me-pull-you type of thing that's just... That, I mean, that's an any-card game, but I think it's really kind of apparent in this one because of just how many uh, different, uh, I want to say variations that can happen that work but don't work because of the the way the tournament rules go so i mean let's be honest if it was um like personally i think the tournament rules should be if you win both sides or if if one player wins with his both 
dark side and light side deck, he should win the match. It shouldn't be however many objectives are destroyed, however many this is destroyed. Well, we have that. You know, the tiebreaker only matters if you split your games. Well, well, and and personally, I just think a tiebreaker should be it should be um, uh, done by by just playing another game, and whoever wins that game wins the match. I mean, that, like that works great when you're playing the same deck three times, like in Magic. It's yeah, a little true. trickier in this game where, you know, let let's say right now, Light Side does have an edge. I'm not convinced it's definitely true. Um, it might just be that the meta hasn't fully responded to the new light side cards. Right. But let's let's go with the assumption they have an edge. Um, now the tiebreaker, instead of being something you can control during the game, will might come down to who wins the coin flip and gets to be light side for that third game. Um, or okay. that becomes a much stronger. So it actually, you know, I like even though it puts some pressure on deck building. Mm-hmm. it at least makes it something you can control more than um, just who gets what side on the third game because it's unlikely that the game's ever going to be perfectly balanced. Some side's right. going to have an advantage. Um, now, a good player might be able to overcome that advantage. You know, light side's never not going to win 100% of the games or dark side's not going to win 100%. Mm-hmm. But if it... If it's 60-40, that's still a big advantage that you can't control. Right, right. To whoever wins the coin flip. That's fair. That, yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, it's just it's just frustrating because there's so many other cool, like really good deck variations that that can be that can be played, but they're not viable because of what the tournament rules and and how and how you win when a tournament is, is actually presented. So yeah. it's just it, it like for me it's frustrating because I I come from you know the Pokemon and the Magic where you play the the same decks over and over again and it's it's about you know who who really has been the most inventive with the X deck for for so long here it's more of okay who can just blow up the, the many the most objectives or get the dial to twelve the the quickest which yeah. it, it's it's frustrating but it, it is really nice to see that the the scum and villainy have kind of come up to. To that that standpoint of hey we can actually go toe to toe with the, the new light side meta because of what was presented to us, and yeah. uh, like I'm I'm very much looking forward to that, but I, I I think it concerns me that we can see it go back to oh well we're we're gonna see dark side Sith control again for the next four months yay like 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 that is still very much possibility and that that worries me. Well, what I guess what I would say as far as it comes to the tiebreakers affecting your deck building is to remember that you play both decks. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you build, let, let's go with the dark side. Let's say you have a scum deck that you're confident is going to win almost all of its games, but doesn't blow up very many objectives. Right. Well, then remember on your light side deck, that matters for the tiebreaker too, and it only matters if your light side loses. Mm-hmm. So, say, my light side deck might lose, but it's not going to give up objectives to the dark side. If your light side deck can successfully not have its objectives blown up, then that negates the fact that, or it helps balance um, the lack of destruction from your dark side. Because it's, you know, if you were down by an objective in your dark side match and you were up by an objective in your light side, even if you lost. Mm-hmm. 
that you know that cancels out. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so yeah. you just keep both decks in mind, or say, you know, you have this light side deck that's going to win really fast when it wins. Mm -hmm. um, all your dark side deck has to do is not lose faster. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, again, in the Swiss rounds, that's not going to help as much. No, it's not. In the elimination <laughs> rounds, that's what's important. Right. Um, so. uh, Nick, as far as, as your kind of take on the whole meta from from a more, like, uh, I, I don't want to say casual play, but just more from a non-competitive play, um, what is your take uh, on the current meta and, and how it's affecting the way that you're playing now? And, um, like, do you, you enjoy the, the new style? Or are you still kind of frustrated with um, how, how how decks are being perceived? Uh, my thing is I always like to look at an old pod and be able to say, wow, I really see this in a new light. And I think there's always, with you know the release of new Force Packs, a desire to not auto-include necessarily, but to, you know, to see those, and those are now the new thing. And, right. and I, I do think that the game is a little bit more geared towards competitive play uh like matt was saying you know for you know you want to blow up objectives and i think a lot of decks and the more powerful decks all do that because that's the winning goal you know and if anything you know in terms of playing any game as of late you know moba whatever it seems like if or at least in any meta for any game in my opinion has been as of late you do whatever you have to to win. So, like, uh, Infinite Crisis is another game that I play outside of this, and right. everybody, it's abused the broken mechanic. So I think that in terms of balancing games, you want to reduce broken mechanics only because it then be it really defines what's going on. So you, hmm. I think there needs to be a little bit more balance, like Matt said, in terms of, you know, losing less and... and really equalizing out how you can push the game longer mm -hmm. instead of going for these like, oh, well, I just blew up three objectives in one turn. So um, I think it's a little bit about reincorporating some of the older pods that are out there because I feel like I'm going into my deck box less to go get those, right. um, whereas I'm constantly auto-including new stuff. So um, I mentioned a lot of points there, namely, you know, reusing old stuff, making it seem like it's new again. Um, trying to yeah. reduce the impact of newer cards only because you want to achieve an overall game balance uh, and also just making sure that there's nothing out there that's just crazy and also balancing for not just objective destruction but sort of a, a an intermediary kind of game goal where you want to push right, that dial right. out or you want to do other things um, only because now I feel like, or at least in terms of how we talk about the game a lot, it's always about how to play the best competitively. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you actually bring up a, a good point in taking older objective sets and bringing them into the the current meta and seeing how they do, uh, which I think is just a a something that I think a lot of players don't think about because what you just like you said, it's oh, this is new and shiny. I'm just going to put all this into all my other decks with all the other current stuff that, and it's going to work. But, you know, we need to look at stuff from the core set still that still actually might be viable. I mean, one day we're going to be able to go back and take out looking for droids and rumors at the cantina and be like, hey, this actually works in this deck and it's going to be, a, you know, top four at Worlds someday or something. So I think that in that sense, um, you're absolutely right. We need to start taking out 
objective sets that are old. I mean, like like Boba Fett set. Like someone was like, hey, maybe he'll work in here, and he, and he does for some people. And and putting them into to our our newer and more you know shiny decks to to kind of branch out a little bit into a um, a less cookie cutter style of of deck building, which is something that I try to do a lot. But it's really hard to when you see all like these really really good balanced cards and uh, the cards that are that are just like really really good. Like the newer Jedi stuff is just fantastic. I mean, it's you can tell that FFG has learned a lot from. Their, their their previous mistakes with Jedi, like they're starting to give Jedi a little bit more health and, you know, not, you know, a two-for-one health uh, cost to ratio there where it's like, ah, oh, Force Joke, he's dead. That was useless. So it's it's really hard to take some objective sets and put that into a newer deck, but I do agree that it definitely needs to be done. Um, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, as far as um, the light side decks are concerned, I mean, there's really not a lot to talk about the light side deck. Every, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you add against all odds, you add trust me, you add false report, and then you can pretty much just kind of go from there. Like the the more popular deck that I've seen is uh, with is questionable contacts and um, and Chewy, and of course there's the variations with the Falcon in there, and then we got variations with like Sluice or uh, maybe add prep for battle just just on the front on the fun side. So uh, the um, the deck diversity isn't as much on the light side, which it never really is if if we've kind of looked back at the, at the past meta. It started out with Jedi and Smuggler, and then it started to become more of a sleuth meta, and now we have this. I mean, it, it hasn't really strayed away from, well, you can do a bunch of deck different variations and they all work. It's, no, you have to include these three to four sets, and then you can kind of sort of go off. Um, so what do you guys think about that? I think... Um, we're seeing a little bit of the reverse of what we had a year ago, yeah. where um, Sith Control didn't have a great consistent answer, so it's what was played, and you know until the light side had something that consistently beat it, it's what everyone would play. And now we have um, a light side deck that um, we have not found the perfect answer to. Right. Um, to push it out of the meta, it's um, so it's going to be played by almost everyone, and the dark side decks are going to range all over the place as people are trying to find the right answer. And you know, if a force pack from now um, there's a dark side deck that always beats or consistently causes trouble to this deck, it's going to become less popular, and right. you know. Eventually, you can hopefully find a meta where there's um, there's no deck that doesn't have a bad matchup. Right. And that's 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 the dream. To, that's the dream. That's the dream. That's really hard. And again, um, there have been people who posting on the forums pointing out that um, these are probably play tested as an entire cycle. Right. So you know, their fantasy flight games might never really look at three force packs into the cycle exactly what does the meta look like mm -hmm. um well you have to test it all they... as one cycle though because you can't just say oh well this is going to be released so this is going to break everything so we have to change that because that might later on break everything else down the road yeah so, it becomes hard yeah so... it, it's extremely hard especially when you're releasing something like this every month instead of like what pokemon or magic does and does it every like uh, quarter or something 
You so, have a lot more cards every quarter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a very small number of cards every month. And you know yeah. it's fair. You can say this at, at two force packs in, the meta might be skewed, but that lasts for a month until new stuff comes out and right. the meta changes. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, that only gives players one month to figure out what the deck is. Mm -hmm. And it keeps... You know, it's where the living comes from. You keep having to um, adjust your decks, adjust right. how you play. Yep. And I think so far the cycle has done that really well. I sat through all of the um, this, the Hoth cycle last year and just didn't change my Dark Side deck until didn't. Edge of Darkness <laughs> came out. Edge of Darkness came out, I'm like, oh, now there's stuff I have to worry about. Yep. And, and it wasn't dark side cards that made me change it. It was light side cards. I changed it because of the Sleuth Scouts. And that's, you know, the same thing will happen here. There will be dark side cards that make the Dash Freeholders Lando not the best play, and the deck will change. Right. That's no, my prediction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sticking to it. Alright, alright. Uh, Nick, any, any thoughts on that? Um, I, I would agree. I'm just going to tacitly agree. Okay, excellent, and I, I would definitely agree as well. Um, it's it, it's a fun little thing to see how, like, one or two months, it's like, oh, man, this side's completely broken, and then six months out a little bit. And, you know, we definitely saw that last year with, you know, Sith domination for, like, half the year until Edge of Darkness came out, and then Sleuth Scouts were like, whoa, this is, like, this cool new thing, but... Sith was still pretty dominant, but Light Side still at least had more of a foothold in the door to, to kind of compete with them a little bit. And, um, you know, people are – once the cycle ended, people kind of got really bored of everything, so they started making new decks. And this kind of goes back to your point, Nick, of take out old stuff and put it in the new, and it works, which is something that um, I think everybody, competitive player to the casual player, is very, very guilty of doing and falling into that trap of a shiny new don't add this because it's old. So I, w I, would, I would encourage everyone to um, really take a look at some of the older sets and go, is this going to work? Can can a Jedi and Rebel deck work now? I mean, can can a Scum and Navy deck work? Can a Sith and whatever deck work? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's taking that... Um, the, the, that net deck mentality and taking what other people are doing and just using it because it works and making the deck your own. That was something I was very guilty of last year, and I got really, really frustrated with the game because it I was taking other people's decks and just using them because they were working, but it wasn't what I wanted to play. And this year, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to definitely just play what I want to play, even if it's not the best, because in all in all, the game is all about having fun. Yes, there is a competitive scene, but this isn't magic. This isn't Pokemon. This is literally just a fun game. Like it's it's not meant to be, you know. Oh, you know, Star City Games introduces Star Wars LCG tournaments every year, hundred thousand dollar prizes. That's never going to happen. <laughs> no, our prize is a plaque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like it's it's it, uh, like okay. So the the hard honest truth is we're never going to get to that magic or Pokemon mentality. Just why? Because it's. It, one, it's a it's it's an IP that not everybody likes, which is kind of unfortunate because Star Wars is freaking awesome. It's like a, it's like um, Netrunner or it's like Game of Thrones. It's an IP that very that a set specific fan group likes, and we're never going to get to the point of well, this is 
this this has to be in because it's a super high level competitive game. Yeah, it's a competitive game, but this is this game is for fun, and and that that's really what it comes down to. So I would encourage everyone not to net net deck this year. Yeah, go ahead and look at some of the top deck lists and maybe kind of go off of what they're using and say, well, I like these two sets. Like these two sets work and these are they're good, but how can I make it towards the way I want to play and in my play style? So I would definitely encourage everyone to do that. Um, I think we've covered everything that we were able to cover this week. Um, unless anyone has anything else to bring up. Uh, Nick, anything you want to bring up at all? Uh, just, it, it feels good to be back. I'm sorry that we haven't been on the air in a while. It's just been crazy, you know. It's my busy season at work, and Matt's been, you know, changing his schedule around. And, and I look forward to bringing a little bit more coverage to things. Yeah. Um, I know we haven't been as active as possible, and, and I do know that we have some giveaways to do. Um, that, uh, that set of uh, card sleeves that I was giving away, like, months ago, the person never got back to me with their contact info, so we'll be re-giving that away. Oh, that's a and we, we have a, a poster to give away and some other stuff. So um, I really look forward to doing all of that. And, oh, yeah. And I, I think Matt has some things to mention in that department as well. But I don't want to speak for him. And uh, everything is on an upswing. So I, I look forward to, to continuing to do this. And uh, I just want to let the fans know that, that uh, we missed you too. We're so back. Yeah. Matt, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I do have some things. Um, As soon as we as a team can decide how to give them away. I have a giant stack of the um, full bleed art Han Solos from the store championships, um, which looks so much better than the original Han picture. And They're the amazing. They're so yeah. pretty. And you then take I that have... back, sir. You take that back about Han Solo. He looks great on his card. I love that. He's, he's winning the Falcon. We mm -hmm. never get to see that. I, I love that card. I don't know. I, I, it's one of the cards whose art I didn't like. That, wow. the Emperor, and um, what's oh, and the original Boba Fett. I just look at them like eh, I'm not a huge fan. I'll I'll agree with you on the Emperor. Yeah. I, I could use a Sorry. different Emperor card, way more uh, Return of the Jedi style. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I agree. I've seen this before, but every time I look at him, he makes me think of the robot chicken Emperor. <laughs> he does, yeah. Oh yeah, that is totally exactly what that <laughs> oh, is. I'm so, we all thought that. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, and then I also have a handful of the full bleed Force Lightning cards from the most recent um, season one, season, season yeah, one yeah. tournament kit. And you know, when I saw their picture on the internet, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I like them, but in person, man, in they're person, pretty. They look sweet. So, we'll be giving those away um, sometime in the coming months, as soon as we come up with awesome contests. Mm -hmm. Other than my last one, which was guess the Force icon count of the set, we're gonna spoil. <laughs> Which worked, but we hey. can come up with something better than that. Yeah. That was a last minute. I have cards. We're doing a live show. We'll make it a contest. Why not? So, right? yeah. um, what else? Shout out to all of our listeners for sticking with us as we haven't had much out. Um, I am going to try to do some more live streaming of games on Octagon. Um, it, it's, it's, gotten, yeah, it's gotten hard because the support's been pretty much left yeah. out, which, which was really unfortunate. But, yeah. um, well, oh well, I mean, it as more cards come out, the interactions get exceedingly difficult to script. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, we'll we'll probably continue to get sets for Octagon. I mean, I can pound one of those out in an afternoon, but getting the automation um, is I I understand that. Yeah, That's it's more and more complicated, mm -hmm. and I think DBO mostly plays 
Netrunner, not Star Wars, so I understand that yep. he can't... He doesn't have unlimited time, believe it or not. No, so he doesn't, yeah. that's... Uh, I will miss it, but, you know... I'm. I will be glad that there's a way I can play online. Hey, you um, want to watch? You, you, you're going to be here in June, so you and me can play for seven hours a day go. if you wanted to. So you know. There we go. You you <laughs> can come and you can come and hang out with me at the hospital while I'm at work, and I can just play cards in between reading X-rays. That works. That works. Then uh, I like that idea. But anyway, guys, uh, th that's going to be it for the show. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Um, to our. Uh, podcast listeners, thank you very much. Um, we still haven't figured out a day for the actual. Uh, live stream show to take place each uh, every two weeks so if you have any feedback let us know on our Twitter or Facebook that would be awesome you can follow us uh, on Twitter um, at table flip show I believe it is I don't remember our Twitter which is terrible yeah no it's at table flip show okay <laughs> and then the uh, table flip uh, uh, table wow brain table flip podcast uh, Facebook is going to be forward slash table flip show as well so yeah but uh, thanks, guys, for listening. I do appreciate it. God bless. May the force be with you, and have a great and wonderful weekend. Remember, Wildstar's happening. You guys should check it out. Yeah, I know. I'm it's actually Table Flip Podcast for Facebook, by the way. Okay, cool. Thanks. Quick it. correction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, this, this is what happens when uh, we're like, hey, we should totally do a show on Saturday, like two days beforehand. And we're like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Is anyone prepared? Nah, let's just do one anyway. So, yeah. All right. All right.